It is I, Seth Rudetsky, and this week, Seth Rudetsky's back to school with Oscar winner, Allison Janney. So, Allison, when she was younger, was a ballet dancer, and it brought me back to my high school years as a dancer, not a ballet dancer, and by the way, quite frankly, not even really a dancer. Really, basically, someone who hated gym. Gym was traumatic for me, T-R-A-U, traumatic. And I found out my junior year that if I took an outside physical activity, I could take gym independent study. Basically, I was getting the same amount of physical exercise with something else. I wouldn't have to show up at a horrible gym. So I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. My dance classes that I take once a week, I can just sort of up the amount of times I take them and get out of gym. So I went to the gym teacher, Ms. was her name, Ms. I wonder why she wasn't married. Anywho, I went to her and I basically said, I'm taking this dance class. And she said, okay, all you have to do, she's actually really nice. She said, all you have to do is fill out this form every week saying what you did in jazz class. And then every six months kind of give a dance recital for me and some of the other gym teachers, I remember. Okay, so of course, ADD style, after like three lessons, I was like, I don't have the energy to keep going to dance class. So I completely faded out and going to dance class. And just every week I'd write an essay, I'd be like, you know, this week we like worked on like shuffle flap bop ma. And so like my extension's getting better. I can almost do a split. I would just basically make up an essay every single week. Oh, and by the way, just FYI, I first had to have like this form validated by the dance teacher. His name is Herbie. So I'm sending in these reports every single week, like, you know, whatever. This week I did a double turn. I almost fell out of it, but I made it completely just making it up. And then every six months, I would just make up a dance because I'd take a dance class and like perform it for Miss Burton. Okay, so this goes on. So I've now missed Jim maybe for a year and like eight months. It's maybe three months from graduation. I get a note from Ms. Burton on my locker. Dear Seth... I spoke to Herbie at Phil Black Dance Studios. Please see me. Okay, I'm going to remind you, I took three classes with Herbie and never came back. And I've been saying that I've been going to his classes for a year and a half. And by the way, missing the entire gym requirement. And I'd always heard horror stories about people that didn't fulfill their gym requirement and therefore couldn't graduate high school. I was like, oh my God, I'm not going to be able to go to Oberlin. I was so devastated and freaked out. So the end of the story is I went to her. I was like, oh, what? No, I was seeing Schmerby. I don't even know what my cover-up was. And she completely didn't buy it, but she didn't say I had to make up a full year and a half of gym class, but she did say, you have to go back to gym. The amazing ending of the story is instead of having to go back to horrible gym class, like football and just like meanness in the locker room, there was a new gym class added, modern dance. So I was able to actually take modern dance at Hewlett High School instead of gym the only two downsides were that, A, it was basically like 15 girls and me. It wasn't really a downside because I was like, hey, girls, work. Second of all, it was like the year Madonna's big album came out. So it was just constantly us going across the floor to like borderline shuffle, flap, leap. Feels like I'm gonna double turn. So whatever. It was like a lot of hearing Madonna. But at least I didn't have to repeat high school. But oh my God, can you imagine the trauma when she told me that literally I, she knew that I'd been lying about taking dance class for a year and a half, still devastated thinking about it. So speaking of dancers, Allison Janney came to our actual fancy L.A. studios for this episode because, you know, she's filming Mom in L.A. And it was amazing. I'd actually never met her before. We'd done stuff like weirdly together, but it was video on different days. Anyway, I got to finally meet her and she went to two different high schools. So she brought yearbooks from both high schools for us to flip through. Dreading morning classes. Stealing bathroom passes. Football. Drivers and SATs. Bullies that attack me. Why do I have back knees? Jock straps. Training bras. Frenemies. We remember back then. It's like freshman year again. Ready, steady, now you're in it. Let's go south this any minute. Zach, let's get back to school. Alice and Jenny. Now! 
everyone. I'm here with a TV star, a Broadway star, a movie star. Some people say they're movie stars, but she actually is. She actually won an Oscar, a former ballet dancer, ice skatress, all the above, Allison Janney. Yay. One person applauding, and it's me. <laughs> I'm going to applaud for myself, too. Bye -bye. What the hell? Um, by the way, my producer was like, she stars in Ma. I was like, the TV show is called Mom. And it's because, no, there was a movie called Ma. So wait, you've done Ma and Mom? Ma and Mom. And That's weird. some people call Mom Moms. So they're, yeah. Are you a mom? I am not, funnily enough. I just play one on TV? I just play one on TV. I am a mom to three dogs. Uh, that counts, I think, in my world. It please does. say they're rescues. They are all rescues. Two of them I rescued while I was doing the help, and one of them rescued here in California. And uh, I love them. I wish I could have brought them here to be part of the interview. They are my life. But I also have a niece and nephew that I'm kind of a cool aunt to them. Um, speaking of doggies, so we're going to talk about high school. Did you grow up with doggies in your house? Oh, yeah. When I was in high school, I remember at one point having a dog, four cats, um, various guinea pigs. It was like a menagerie of sorts in my house. We was had tons you? of animals. Was Just that you or your parents? That was my parents, I guess, allowing us to have all these animals because um, I couldn't have made those decisions on my own, surely. But yeah, always had dogs growing up. My father is not anymore, but he was very into hunting and he would go with bird dogs. Mm -hmm. He would get, they'd go bird hunting in South Carolina. So when you see South Carolina, how many places did you grow up in? Well, I was born in Boston, Mass, when my father was finishing up at Harvard Business School and then he moved us to Cincinnati, Ohio. So Cincinnati, Ohio and Dayton, Ohio. And then my grandfather had a place in South Carolina. We would go for holidays and spend time there with our cousins and my aunts and uncles and this wonderful place my grandfather had down there. So you spend your high school years in Dayton? Yep. Dayton, Ohio at the Miami Valley. Well, partly at the Miami Valley High School, which was first through 12th grades under 300 kids. Wow. So my class there from, you know, I started there in first grade, I guess. Oh and God. went all the way up till 10th grade when I decided or my parents decided that I should go away to boarding school. So I went to Hotchkiss School in Lakeville, Connecticut for my final two years of high school. So that was kind of, it was a big traumatic thing for me to leave my, my small little high school and go to this boarding school. Well, you and, lived? Yeah. Yeah. So what yeah. was that? I've never interviewed anyone that went to a boarding school. What, what was it like? It was hard for me. I remember my mother leaving me there, dropping me off at boarding school in Connecticut and leaving to go back to Ohio. And I all of a sudden was feeling like, oh my God. And my brother, my older brother kept pressing the point to me that you'll never go home again. This is it. You know, he, he was always God, there's so mean siblings. torturing me with that kind of stuff. And I was like, oh my God, I think he may be right. I'm never going to go home again. And I, I started to panic and I started sobbing. And then everywhere I went, my mother had left little notes everywhere saying, I love, you know, I opened up the cabinet and my, it would take out my toothbrush or whatever. And there would be a note wrapped around my toothbrush saying, brush your teeth. Oh, you know, little, just little notes from my mom that were meant to be really sweet, but they would make me burst into tears. And I remember missing all of orientation because I was crying so hard. I was such a baby. I was like, I just was not ready to leave home, I think. And it was kind of traumatic. But then, you know, I got through that stage and had a, I had a pretty great time there. It was a gorgeous campus and great facilities for theater and my grandfather went to Hotchkiss. My father went to Hotchkiss. My oh. father got kicked out of Hotchkiss, actually, for smoking a cigar in the chapel basement like a week before graduation. How silly is that? So this was a family tradition for you to go to this boarding school. Uh -huh. But who are your parents? I mean, were, 
you know, at night you talk to your mom, your dad, like who were your parental figures in these formative years? Well, there were proctors on each hall that you lived on. And I had this couple that were English professors and, and they were our parents for all intents and purposes, I guess. Did you go to them with boyfriend yeah. problems? Or? Yeah. Well, boy, please. Boyfriends didn't happen for me until college. I mean, the big virginity, not till 21. You know, I was a little bit of a late bloomer. Because I was so tall also. I was just, no one could see dating me because I was six feet tall in third grade. Boys and girls in your high school in Hotchkiss. Yes, I had just gone co-ed the year before I went there. So there were lots of people who dated, but I was not, I didn't date anybody. But I did go to the prom both my junior and senior there. So I was popular, but I wasn't, I didn't date anybody. Any kissing at the prom? No kissing at the prom. I didn't have any prom kisses. Were both boyfriends gay at the prom? I don't know. I don't think so. I think they just, uh, that'd be interesting to find out. I think I was just a safe date to take the prom because I was everybody's best friend. Oh, you know, good old Al the pal. I was just kind of a jokey kind of fun gal. And I think I was a safe take to the prom. Either as a beard or because someone didn't want to commit to someone else or was hiding from someone. Who knows? But I got to go twice. It's fun to go to the prom, but I definitely didn't have a romantic prom situation. When you go to a school like I did that was first through 12th grades, under 300 kids, it's kind of hard to, it wasn't really a dating culture we had there. It was more of we'd all do things in groups together. That's nice. I mean, there was one night where my friends, we'd have these old dinner parties where we'd all go, our friends had this farmhouse and we'd pretend we were, we were, we, you know, acting like adults. We were high school students and we'd go and have these dinner parties and we would all uh, make out with each other. Like with ice cubes, we would pass the ice cube from, uh, you know, and, and just all make out with each other. It was kind of, it was kind of great, but so none of us were game, dating. So it was a game, but it was also sort of making out. Yeah. That was my first experience making out with, you know, a lot of people. Boys and girls. <laughs> not girls, not girls, just oh. guys. Um, but it was, you know, it wasn't a, my first kiss wasn't a, romantic kiss between me and someone who had a crush on me. Were you pining? Were you like one of those girls that pined for a boyfriend? Or I was did. He- I had some, I mean, my first big crush was on Davy Jones, the monkeys. I was in love with him. So I wrote love letters to him. Did you see the Brady Bunch episode where she actually got to kiss yes, Davy Jones? I did. And I got to meet a Megan Mullally on her talk show that she had for a while. She brought him out as I was talking about him and I got to meet him and, and? give him a kiss. And it was kind of great. Is it healing? Yeah, it was kind of wonderful. I loved that. Um, but I didn't date. Yeah, we didn't date. In, and there wasn't in a high boy school. in high school you were obsessed with that. Yes, there was a guy. And in, in this was how crazy I was uh, uh, with these short guys because Davy Jones is short. And then and then this guy <laughs> in Hodgkiss I was in love with. Another short guy. And he was in love with Kate Jackson. So I would scour. From, from Charlie's from the, Angels? Charlie's Angels. And I would scour the magazines to cut out pictures of Kate Jackson for him to bring him to him as offerings. Like, here. And then, and then they're all like you? Yeah. I don't know what I was thinking, but he didn't. He liked me. All the guys liked me because I was really fun and, and not threatening for some mm-hmm. reason because I guess I was so tall and not, I don't know, but nobody, I didn't date anybody. I just didn't, I don't know. It's not a good way to get a boyfriend to bring him pictures of the girl that he has well, a crush thanks. on. I wish you could have been there to well, tell me Well, next time call me. I, I messed that up. I don't, I didn't, I didn't have game as a, as a girl. I didn't have any good game as far as attracting guys. I was just everybody's good best friend. What was your artisticness in high school? Were you in the chorus? Were you, I know you were dancing, mm-hmm. right? Um, well, yeah, the dancing happened while I was in Dayton. I would go down to the Dayton Ballet Company after school and we would go to Frisch's Big Boy and get a huge Big Boy sandwich and then go to ballet class. Loaded? Yeah. I, I mean, we just didn't have it, anything right there with it. The, my gone. mother was a dancer. And so she, I'm glad that she made me go to take dance. I took both ballet and modern and 
as someone incredibly tall, I think it was good for me to learn how to own my height or at least be comfortable with it and know how to work my body, which has been an asset for me in everything I've done since then. And then the figure skating was pretty important to me too, because my father was in commercial real estate and he owned a building that housed an ice skating rink. So I got ice skating time. I think that's why I started getting obsessed with that. And I was so graceful on the ice, but I was uh, too big for the, it's such an acrobatic sport. You know, I, I, could, uh-huh. I should have gone into ice dancing like Torval and Dean. Those like, that could have been my, my, my other career. I wish I had, you know, that could have been something I could have done. I could so have done an you, ice you dancing. you regret not? Uh, I think if everything's fine, but I wish I had stayed with the skating and gone into the ice dancing because I think it's just nice to have other outlets besides the acting. I'm finding now that I need, like, I need to cultivate some other interests because I just need other outlets for creativity. I used to do so many things. Like I was learning how to make stained glass windows and pottery classes and knitting and all those things I loved so much, but they all fall to the wayside when I get a job, something happens and I don't go back to them. But gosh, I love feeling creative that way and painting. My family used to do um, in Vermont, we would go up there. They had a house on Lake Champlain and we'd do still lifes every week and someone would create it and then we'd all paint it or, you know, however we wanted to recreate it as a family, we'd all do our own versions. And and my brother was very funny. He looked at mine and said, well, it's very unencumbered by reality. That was my younger brother who was actually pretty funny. It made me laugh. And I like that phrase, unencumbered by reality. I feel like that's my, should be on my tombstone. <laughs> when you were in high school, were you thinking I'm going to grow up and be a ballerina? Uh, no, I thought I would be an ice skater. I was really committed to that. And my mom really helped me. I had to get up at, you know, 4.30 in the morning to go to the rink before school to do my figures, to practice the compulsory figures. And then I'd come back after school and do freestyle. And I would work on um, a program. And I had this great coach. And I think when it became evident to him that I wasn't going to be able to do, I did a couple of double jumps, a double sow cow and a double flip, I think I could do. And then nothing else I couldn't really do. Too tall. Too big, too tall. to. And I think he decided that um, I wasn't going to be his ticket to the Olympics. And I remember he just left up and left one day it was so I felt like it was such a shock to me that I, I felt abandoned by this man who I put all my you know hope into to have this career as an ice skater and I was like he's he's gone what do you mean he's gone <laughs> he even leave me a, a note or no contact yeah, it was kind of weird and then I and then I had this terrible accident where I went through a plate glass window and I almost died and, oh, yeah. and I was 17 and um I was in the hospital for seven to eight weeks and um and that was the end of my skating career and I just decided I would move on and go to college and that's where the theater opened up for me. Why did the plate glass so affect your ice skating career because it affected your body your flexibility in your I was body? Show you all in here but see this here? Oh the scar. Um, and my foot and my foot doesn't lift up here or my oh, toes. So, so permanently affected. Yeah. It was a pretty epic accident in my life and everybody in Dayton was kind of like, where were you the night Allison ran through the plate glass window because it was like a huge party with parents and kids and everyone had just graduated high school. And I had just graduated from Hotchkiss and came back and we were having this big party to celebrate. And we were playing this game where the girls had balloons tied around their ankles and you danced in couples and tried to pop other couples balloons. Mm. And I was cheating because I'm so competitive and I am a cheater. When I can, I will cheat to win. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I've outgrown that phase now, but um, some would argue with me. But I... um. I tied my balloon around my knee. You couldn't see it because I had a strapless long dress on. And the last two couples, I I was me and and these other couple, and they kept trying to pop my balloon, but I didn't, they weren't going to get it because it was up around my knee. Not around your ankles where they're supposed to be. He stepped on my, the guy stepped on my dress and it ripped. 
I thought I was about to expose myself to everybody, so I ran to go inside, and, <gasps> and that's when I hit the plate glass, and it was like a guillotine that just came down on my leg. And this is how much of an actress I am, because I remember turning around and seeing everybody stare at me, and the band stopped, and everyone was looking at me, and I, I thought, okay, this is I'm, I'm supposed to. I'm not playing my part right. I'm supposed to scream and faint, and then I'm going to die. And that's what I. That's what I thought. So I thought okay, I've got to scream now. Like I really, I was like, I felt like I was in an audition and I wasn't doing it. Everyone was like, are you going to scream and faint and die? Cause we're waiting for that to happen. And you need to. That's what the script says. Yeah. It was so weird. It was such a. So a, did you scream and faint? I did. I, I screamed and I fainted. And then I just remember everybody just, it was like some weird, I don't want to say Fellini movie, but something where I just remember people's heads popping into my view. I was on the ground and my brother was holding my leg up above my heart to make sure that I didn't lose my leg. It was very surreal. And then in the ambulance, they kept trying to keep me awake and asking me all these questions and like, what's your favorite color? And, and I was like, can I just, I just want to go to sleep. I wanted to go to sleep. And they didn't want me to because they thought it would slip into a coma. And so they kept slapping me around and oh. it was crazy. It was a real defining moment. That was the end of high school for me right there. And the literally, of, it, was yeah, like, it really was. But do you think you changed as a person after that? I think a little bit. I think in some ways I was a little more fearful. Um, mm. I think it was not a great thing for me. <laughs> I missed my first year of college because I had to be at home recovering. And uh. I gained like, you know, 25 pounds. So I was in bed all the time. And I had this great woman who took care of me when my mom was busy and my dad were you know, at work. And, and uh, she would bring me these fried Reuben sandwiches and a big bag of Chips Ahoy and a big bottle of ginger ale. I just just sat there stuffing my face and became quite heavy. So you were, you're in high school, you're going to become an ice skater. That was your dream. Did you have any fear like saying, if I don't be an ice skater, I'm nervous. I'm going to wind up being my whole life as a, what was your sort of fearful version of life? I think I just got to college and was lucky enough to have meet. you know, I missed my first year. So I got there, right. My time at Kenyon college coincided with Paul Newman coming there because he had graduated from Kenyon and he came back to Chris in the new theater by directing the first production in the theater. So oh my God. by that, I got to be in his life because I got into that production as a chorus girl. There weren't a lot of parts for um, the students, but I got to be one of the chorus girls and work with Paul Newman and met Joanne and, and they brought me to New York. So that was like the start of a really important chapter in my, in my life. You know, Joanne Woodward was said, you have to come to the neighborhood playhouse in New York. And I didn't even fill out the application form for it. My friend Allison did. She filled it out for me and sent it in. And I found out I was accepted without even having, I didn't apply. I didn't, I was kind of afraid to commit to saying I wanted to be an actress. What was the musical? It wasn't a musical. It was called C.C. Pyle and the Bunyan Derby. Michael Christopher wrote it. He had won the Pulitzer Prize for Shadow Box the year before, I think. And um, it was about a cross-country race. And John Considine and Susan Sharkey were the actors who were brought in from New York to star in it. And then they filled in the rest of the cast with the actors at Kenyon. Were you acting in high school? Yeah, I did it. My first uh, at the Miami Valley School, where I was uh, for a long time. They don't even ha- and they didn't even cover the theatrical productions in our yearbooks. They have no pictures of really? yeah, the production. Really? Yeah, the production. big deal. No, uh, but it was to me. My first uh, role in high school was I played Noah Claypool, the Undertaker's son in Oliver. That I know the way of Noah. He's very rude to open Oliver. Open the door. Would you open the door? That was my first line, I think. You know it's a male role, by the way. You were yes. tracking. Yes. Okay. So I you- totally know. <laughs> I was like, because I'm so tall, I got to play the, I played the men or I played, you know, I played uh, Tevya and Fiddler on the Roof. 
Wait, did you? Not I mean, think? not the for female, not Tavia, whoever the female is. I'm oh, sorry, what's the name? Golda. Golda, sorry. Okay, because I was like, that oh, is shit, a, sorry. No, that no, is no. A drag king or I play Golda, sorry. Okay, no. so you're saying you play the oh, old char- either the old character women or the young or men. The men. <laughs> yes, or the old women. Um, what would I have played in Anything Goes? Who's the dowager? The, uh, yes, know, she, has, yeah. she has the little yeah. dog. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes, I totally know exactly what you mean. Anyone over 70, you nailed. <laughs> and then in at Hotchkiss, I did She Stoops to Conquer, or I played Mrs. Hardcastle, I think her name was. And then... Um, the Hotchkiss yearbook is giant. It was enormous. And it was much, look at the production. Uh, you know, yeah, the public was, school is horrific. Hotchkiss is gold-plated. Gorgeous productions. Um, look at the guy. Look at the, you know, look at the. Oh, my God. I, it looks I, like a photo I, shoot. I know. These guys look Who like they models? came out of J. Crew catalog. Oh they were all beautiful God. people at this school. I felt, I felt, um, there I am in the talent show with a blacked out tooth and farmer jeans. I have no idea what I was singing there with my frizzy hair. That was my yearbook photo with my roommates. Wait, my you guys didn't do just headshots? You did like full beautiful oh, we, photo shoots? Well, you know. Were you a class clown? Because you are so funny. Or were you, because you also seem very um, obedient. So I can't figure out which one you were. Yeah, I was, I was pretty much a, yeah, I played by the rules. I was afraid to buck authority. Um, but I, I was very silly. I definitely was the silly clown. I don't think I was particularly witty, but I What's was. your version of being silly? Like, what would you do? Goofy. Oh, you know. I don't even remember. I just remember one friend of mine, we would, there was a school bulletin board at Hotchkiss and, and it was in a hallway and there were all these glass walls and on the, you could be on the outside at night and watch people check the bulletin board and then turn around and see how they looked in the, oh, and, they, couldn't see you. You know, they couldn't see us. And my friend and I would sit there and make fun of people all the time. Just, you know, whatever you call that sort of Stealth fun comedy. at someone else's expense. Yeah, it is called that too. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's actually called. <laughs> And when you say you were uh, you cheat to win, did you ever cheat in any tests? Oh, I think I occasionally do the the old, the old neck strain. Like, what is the answer to that one? And you know, without of course, but nothing, no cheating in a major, major way. But like cards, like if I had lost at a, at a round of hearts, I would get livid, and I would spend literally all night creating the deck. So when I dealt it, I would be able to shoot the moon. Like, oh, my oh yeah, God. I, I would. I would put a lot of time and effort into. How can I? How can I? Well, you wouldn't think it wouldn't be a hollow victory if I cheated, therefore I didn't really win. You would actually feel good? At the time, it, I felt like it would just, it would feel better to win. Oh my God. <laughs> Allison, that's oh. horrific. Yeah, it is. It's pretty funny, but there's something kind of charming about it. And is commitment there? there. Yeah. Did you ever break a rule? Did you ever smoke a cigarette or have alcohol in high school? Yes. Oh, I thought you were good at two shoes. On the surface. <gasps> Yes. One of those. Okay, go. Oh, yeah. Um, no, yeah. We would play. I was a member of club golf. There was a golf course at Hotchkiss, and we would go out on the links, and we'd sneak beers into the, you know, golf bags and go out there and crack open a few. Oh, my God. You know? never got caught? Mm-mm. No. It's good. I also used to be a I used to shoplift, too, when I was a figure skater. Some of the skaters were ran with a rough crowd there. And uh, we would hit the strip malls and you had to take something from every store. And that was, was uh, rules? Yeah. And it was pretty, and I remember a couple of them got caught and then I, I stopped, I got scared straight. <laughs> right. yes, but, but it was like, I was, I was kind of, I would rebel in ways like that just because I was so goody two shoes, but underneath I was kind of a rebel. What was the most amazing thing you shoplifted? I think a sweater set. Wow. Yeah. Where'd you shove that? I can't remember. 
and sunglasses. I was good at slipping those up my sleeve. I have a lot of shame about it, but you know, it was a phase. I know a lot, a lot of adults that shop with it as yeah, teenagers. What is that? The teenagers it's feel about it's taking power, high, right? Power and getting high. And getting high too? Well, it gives you that adrenaline rush. Yeah, yeah it does. Do you have a memory that you look back and you're like, that totally encapsulates who you were in high school? You're like, this was so me. I think a lot of people have memories of me playing songs on the piano. I would get fascinated with, um, I learned to play a Joni Mitchell song uh, last time I saw Richard at the Miami Valley School, and I would constantly play it on the piano. And then in college, I was voted most likely to be shot playing Moonlight Sonata. So that was my song. I was, I was obsessed with playing. You met Joni Mitchell in high school and, and Moonlight Sonata. Moonlight Sonata. And I, I want to go back to playing piano. I have huge hands. I should be playing the piano. I want to. How are your SATs? Terrible. I don't even want to say. I remember taking those tests and actually trying to create paintings with the squares that you filled in. Just to make a, yeah, so I wouldn't even take it seriously because I knew that I wasn't going to do it well, so I just really committed to not doing well. And yet you're obviously a smart person. Why do you think you weren't smart in I those tests? I don't think I was. Well, I don't know. I don't know. I, 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 that's interesting. I got to take that up with my therapist. Yeah, because I'm, I'm really smart, but I definitely have ADD, and it was really hard for me to focus and concentrate on tests, even though I am intelligent. Yeah, I feel like sometimes I was not diagnosed correctly or I had some sort of learning disability that if I had been diagnosed correctly, I could have changed my whole life and I could think differently about myself intellectually because I've always felt like I'm not incredibly bright or smart. So it's, so I go the other way to make up for it or make fun of the, or don't, you know, don't really. Don't even try. Don't even try. So I don't have to fail. I don't know. Did you have a diary when you were in high school? I have a funny thing with diaries. My mother always um, wanted me to journal and, and make diaries and I, I am famous for, I have a lot of diaries that start with the funniest ones for nine to five. Like I had our first preview tonight. The elevator broke, but Dolly saved the day. And I was really nervous about my monologue in the second act. I don't know what monologue I was talking about, but I can't wait to work on it. And this journey is going to be so great. And then you turn the page and I put the date on it, but that was the last entry. (laughs) Every diary I have about any project or movie I'm on, I have the first day and then no other days. <laughs> but I had, it was hopeful enough to write the dates for the next couple of days, you know, to maybe to encourage prep. me to prep for the, you know. And then I never wrote. And, I, and, I, and as a result, I, I don't remember a lot of what's happened in my life. I really wish I had been able to do that. But I guess you get to the end of your day and you're just too tired to write about it. Yes. I just lived it. I'll remember it. And then you do, I don't remember so many things. When you were a kid, was there a particular star you looked up to? Was there any woman that you like, if she could make it, I can make it? I didn't think I was going to be an actress then, so I didn't really. Oh, right. You know, except for I did, I'll tell you this. My mother was um, really great friends with Eileen Brennan. So I met her when I was really young. She was doing Little Mary's Sunshine in Chicago. And we went and stayed at the Palmer House and got to stay up to see her after her show. She would come to see us at our hotel. And I remember thinking that she was the coolest lady. I was in love with her. So she was kind of my role model, I would say. Eileen, she showed me what it was like to be in the theater. I knew that she wasn't married and she was having this career and she and Mary Tyler Moore, I think were the two women who showed me I could do it on my own. Even me, Mary Tyler Moore's character. Her, her character. Yeah. yeah. Cause she's right. married in real life. Yeah. 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 Her character. In the Tanya Harding movie that you did, you were saying that all siblings, all the siblings have a different view of what their childhood was like. Do you think that you and your brothers all would describe your family differently? I think it would be shocking. What would be shocking? To hear the different um, takes, takes of what our childhood was like. I think that's the most extraordinary thing, how two people can live the same experience and have completely different takes on what that was. That's fascinating to me. 
and also doing Itania, realizing that people, whatever experience they have, they tell themselves what they need to, to live through their day and feel okay about themselves. No matter what that truth is, what they have to tell themselves, no matter if they're deluding themselves, whatever they believe to make them feel that they're not bad people. It's You're not a villain. No. And you play a villain. You don't play a villain. You play someone who you know has a need or a want. They're not trying to be villains. They're oftentimes the most charming person in the room. So when you would cheat at cards, you wouldn't think I'm a villain for cheating at cards? <laughs> I'm just curious. Like, how would you justify that? You would say I, I thought it was fun. I thought it was so clever. I thought people would be proud. Not that I would. I think I would ultimately. It wasn't like I would hide it forever. I would tell people. Oh, you Guess would. what, suckers? I <laughs> stayed up all night, and did this, and I, you know, it was there was some accomplishment and joy in sharing that fact with people. So I didn't want to hide it. I just thought it was a fun. It was funny to me. Okay, get ready for This or That, where my guest reveals which pop culture thing they loved and hated in high school. Okay, I'll send Janny. This section is called This or That, where I'm going to give you two things from your high school years, which was 73 to 77, and you kind of tell me which was more you. Were you ABBA or Bee Gees? Bee Gees. Favorite song was what? I don't know, Staying Alive. I don't know, anything from... When did Saturday night, when did that? Around 76. Okay, yeah, it was, yeah, definitely Bee Gees. Were you Carol Burnett show or Saturday Night Live? Carol Burnett. That was everything to me. What was your favorite sketch from Carol Burnett show that you remember being obsessed with? Oh, anything. I just loved when they broke up and they started laughing. It just made me so happy. I wanted to be in that group of people. I just thought that would make me so happy to be. Did you ever get to meet her? Yes. Oh, yeah. She, um wrote a book about her daughter. Um, it was letters between the two of them and their- Carrie Hamilton? And Carrie, yeah. And their people are writing a screenplay about it and I'm kind of attached to it in the moment. Wow. And hoping that it works out, but yeah. What's I, it like meeting one of your idols? Well, the first time she called me, this was way before this project came up, but it was when I was doing, what was I doing? What play was I doing on the Broadway? Oh yeah, it was, it was, was nine to five. And she called me and asked me to call her. And I was, I was so excited to be on the verge of calling Carol Burnett. I almost didn't want to know what she wanted. In my mind, I was just like, Carol Burnett called me. She wants to be with her. I was imagining all these things. Like she wants us to do a thing together. She's got all these. And she was just calling to recommend her dresser that I should use her dresser that she used. And but then um, eventually she wanted you to do a project with now, her. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So it is, it's a, it's a pretty awesome thing to have her be in my life in that way that we might actually be working together uh, is it's kind of a big deal for me and what she meant to me growing up i was obsessed with that show yeah me too wouldn't miss it yeah uh were you denim boots or fry boots definitely fry me too yeah yeah my sister had fry boots i was obsessed with them yeah, when i was a little kid fry boots. now in terms of making out will you spin the bottle or seven minutes in heaven spin the bottle yeah spin the bottle i definitely played spin the bottle <laughs> really yeah i remember that now a lot of making out in your childhood um, yeah yeah, I picked yeah, up on that. Yeah. I had none of that. Were you more of a fan of Barbara Streisand pre-perm or post-perm? What was she in? Um, I think like, What's Up Doc is one of my favorite yeah. movies. What's she? That's that was pre-perm. That was pre-perm, yeah. yeah. Did you ever get to meet Barbara? No, but I drove, um, her driver drove me in six degrees of separation. And I once left a shawl or something and my driver said, Barbara wanted this. So I had to fight her for it to keep it. I was like, you could have given it to her. Give it to Barbara. I don't, so that's the closest I've come to Barbara Wait, sharing so a driver. Barbara saw someone else's shawl in the car. I was like, I want to keep this. Well, it was in the back of you know, the driver's car. And she thought, is, is this for me? Or, you know, she was like, I don't know. That's the closest I've come to meeting so you her. you shared an actual driver. Yeah, yeah. That's pretty close. Yeah. Were you a uh, Brady Bunch or Partridge family? Oh, I was both. But uh, yeah. I, I definitely loved both of those. Me too. 
How would you TV. watch it at Hotchkiss? Weren't you not allowed to watch TV at no, boarding school? No, I didn't. I couldn't watch it at Hotchkiss, no. But when I was at home, when I was recovering from my accident, I watched, oh my God, it's all I did is watch TV. In terms of 70s scary movies, were you a Jaws or an Exorcist? Jaws. Absolutely Jaws. Did it affect you? Like yes. everyone, how? You didn't want us to get in a swimming pool because of Jaws. Just- <laughs> I'm not kidding. I took it that far. I was like, I really got just terrified. And I used to be the person, that's what I would go into the ocean with my friends who would take me to Nantucket. I spent a lot of time there with my family where it took place. And I would go in the water and do the, you know, do the Chrissy death and freak everybody out. So that was my, you know, so I you would do that. you're scared and you also wanted to pull pranks on people. Yeah. yeah. Ooh, you sound annoying. Okay. <laughs> Were you Charlie Brown Christmas special or Charlie Brown Halloween special? Christmas special. Oh, isn't it great, man? Yeah. Were you a Happy Days or a Laverne and Shirley? I love them both. Mm. Loved them both equally. Uh, I'm sh- assuming you were a Barry Manilow fan, as we all were. Were you more Weekend in New England or Mandy? Allison, why? Sorry. Was he too nerdy for you? I think he was too... Yeah, I don't know why. I was not, I was not a huge Barry Manilow fan. Were you Neil Diamond, you're going to tell me? Nope. I, be, I'm na- I am now, but I wasn't then. I wasn't into that kind of music then. <sighs> then were you... Sorry. You Light Up My Life? Yeah. Okay, thanks. Debbie Boone, yeah, that was huge. I loved that. Oh, wait, so that's fine, but Barry Manilow was not? I guess so. I don't know. Um, you obviously uh, do, because you're really committed to You Light Up My Life but, when I said but it. But You Light Up My Life, I was obsessed with that song. Did you think about anyone when you would hear it? Davy Jones? Maybe Davy Jones. <laughs> you gotta cut with that. Okay, it's time to find out how much my guest has changed or how much they have not. This is High School versus Now. So, Allison, I do something called High School versus Now, where I give you kind of the same scenario, something that would have happened in high school, something that would have happened now, and maybe what your difference in your reactions would have been. For instance, you and your friend, let's say nowadays you're competing for the same role, or maybe in high school you're both competing for the same ice skating solo. How would you have dealt with it then versus now? Oh, gosh. I think I would have been much more... Um... I, Tanya? <laughs> would you have sat in his saboteurs? No. <laughs> no, I wouldn't have been a saboteur. I think I just I wouldn't have handled it very well in high school. I probably would have been much more wounded by it, not put it in perspective. Um, wounded by what? I mean, if my friend if, had gotten if it, if my friend had gotten it, and I didn't. I would be devastated and be crushed for life. You know, I don't know. Things are so much bigger in high school, and they have such emotional impact that they don't have to have when you're older. When you're more realistic about what it means to not get something, you have more wisdom or something. I don't know. And what was your version of being devastated in high school? Would you like isolate, cry? Oh, yeah. A lot of tears. In front of people, like to look how devastated I am? Or was a lot of private in your bedroom crying? I think private in my bedroom crying. Listening to, you know, Phoebe Snow at 17. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Wait, the song at 17, I hope. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I mean, that was just, oh, my God. Devastating? Devastating songs. I like, felt I mean, like that. I was always the friend, never the, you know, the girlfriend, always the never. You were the Janet, not the Chrissy. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, A lot of us were. Yeah. High school versus now. You have some big event coming up where you have to get super dressed up. How would you react as a kid? How would you react now? Oh, as a kid, I'd be so excited about picking out what I was going to wear. And and, um, I was good at blowing my own hair out and putting makeup on and getting dressed up or something was exciting when I was a teenager. And now it's an ordeal. It's, it depends if it's for an event I have to be at as Allison Janney, then the whole hair and makeup thing, and it takes all the fun out of it. And you feel beaten up before you even get there, just having to sit still for two hours. And there's just more pressure. It's not as much fun. 
It's time for Show and Tell, where my guests show me mementos from their high school years. Okay, so Allison, you actually brought two yearbooks. You went to two different high schools. Yeah. Did anybody write anything to you? Can That's, you read oh, me? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I want to read you some funny I'm dying things. To. Okay. I actually marked some funny ones. <clears throat> this is from Dennis. This kind of freaked me out. I read this. Allison, how I've longed to be alone with you since the first day I saw you. One whose beauty is only exceeded by her remarkable wit and charm. I'm sorry, but how did I miss Dennis W. and not how date him? How did you miss? Wait a minute. I don't know. Is a lot of, I was just everyone's pal? And suddenly I you know, had the most I romantic? I see that. And how short was Dennis W.? Was signature shorty that you would have been interested in? Let me see Dennis W. Well, he's hiding behind a tree, so I can't. It's one of those Is weird years where you can't actually see what anyone looks like because everything's artistic. He's really handsome. So there was one person that was really interested in you that you yeah. didn't read until 40 years later. Good. Oh, yeah, this one's, this is great. Okay, this guy, Mike K., I had a huge crush on in high school, and all of my friends did too. So we all were competing for his attention, and he's one I got to make out with an ice cube, and that was like, that made my life that I got to make out with him, and I dreamed about it for a year, just to have another ice cube kiss with Michael K. And he he played us all, all the ladies, because he, when I read you this, you're going to think that he was in love with me, but trust me, he was not. Allison, sweet Allison, my heart weeps with the sorrow of your absence. Your smile is like a ray of sunshine that I will miss each day. You will always have a place in my prayers, and when our paths cross again, my heart will glow with joy once more. Jusqu'à nous reconnaissons encore, je t'aime beaucoup, au revoir, mon chéri. How I mean, was come he? on! Wait a minute, how old was he when you wrote that this? Was a, I was sophomore. Wait, he was like 16 was years like old. They, they knew I was going away to boarding school, and he wrote that. And come on. you only had a makeout session with him? Yeah, and with everyone else shared them too, so whatever. This is more, more of them are like, hey, babes, I'll be taller than you someday. Uh, <laughs> That's more along the line. <laughs> and also, P.S., you've become a much better person this year. I look forward to seeing you next year. Oh, that's bad. aggressive. What the hell is that? <laughs> oh, wait. Oh, yeah, this one. Yeah. Allison, it's great to be tall, kind of, but you're still a champion. See you this summer or when you're a gold medalist. Oh, ah. Oh. See, there's reference to kinda. the skating, yeah. Allison, you get the award for being paranoid, underline, underline. If you know what I mean, wink, wink. I think she was the one I smoked pot with the first time and didn't go well. I think that's what that was. I did not enjoy the marijuana. Um, oh, God, this guy, look at him. Mark E. Wait, everyone you went to high school with was well, a model? Is another, he is so, and he was a great artist. He, I had a big crush on him. Yeah, I do too. He says, Allison, I think I know you and Rachel pretty well. And we still got lots of time to get to know each other. Hope I can come back next year. We can be together some more. Wait, I think everyone oh, wants so into you. I don't know. Maybe I just didn't get it. I was just, in, I, I just didn't get it. Have you friended any of these people? Because maybe there's like I'm some. I'm not on the Facebook. I don't. I think, think you need to, to be because there's a couple of like at least one night stands you may be having. No, those are the highlights. I've never been more turned on during my podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you still got it. <laughs> It's almost the end of the episode, which means it's time for my two final questions. Okay, so in this segment, I like to ask my guests two final questions. So if anyone from your high school, either high school is listening, is there anything you would like to sort of say to them or to a group of people from your high school? Any apology or anything? Say, you know what I'd like to say is that I'm sorry, I've never been to a reunion ever. I never go. I either was not working and didn't want to talk about it, or I was working and couldn't go. Uh. And I kind of, it would be fun to go back and see a lot of these people at Miami Valley School. I don't know when my next reunion is coming, but I feel like I would like to, but I've never 
gone to reunions. I was never good at staying in touch with most people that I that I met. So, so can we say that even if you don't have a job at the next reunion, you're still going to go? Can you make that doubt? I really me want to as your therapist. Okay. Okay. Good. And if your 15 year old self, if little Allison is listening right now, what would you say to her? Get to the gym, honey. <laughs> Wait a minute. All you did was work Get out. Get to the gym. No, I didn't. I mean, when I started skating, I did. But before that, I just, I could have stopped eating the butter. I remember taking a piece of chicken and putting a pad of butter on each bite. I would, I, I, I ate like, what, what the hell? I, I just, I could have, uh, I think things could have been different if I was a little more on top of my eating and took care of myself a little better. I think, uh, I think the dating would have turned around. I think that I was just a little too. But isn't it nice that no one was bothering you about, about your eating? No one was giving you, you know, stuff about being. I guess so. But conversely, it would have been nice to have a little more guidance in that. (laughs) Get to the gym, (laughs) comma, honey. Um, (laughs) Thank you, Allison Janney. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is produced by Sarah Esikoff. This episode was mixed by James Billadeau. Our theme music was written by Seth Rudetsky and sung by Seth Rudetsky and Maggie McDowell. Our band was Seth Rudetsky, Mark Schmied, Carrie Meads, and Jim Hirschman. Seth Rudetsky's Back to School is a serious XM production and is executive produced by me, Seth Rudetsky, Brandon Getchis, and Maggie Van Dorn. 